to you this morning. I just felt the word, Natalie, demand. Just felt the word for you. Um, <laughs> I felt like the Lord pointed you out to me and said to me, like, man, I'm so pleased with her. And I felt like the Lord just showed me how places that where you feel uncomfortable, where you feel kind of like even possibly out of your depth, um, that the Lord is just going like, you've amidst the fear, amidst the things you've pushed in and you've given yourself. And sometimes with open eyes and sometimes with closed eyes. But I just felt like the Lord is saying that there's a new time that's coming and a new season that's coming where, where the fear is not going to be so much the thing that drives you, but there's going to be faith in your heart. And I want to encourage you over this time to stand up. Scripture tells us, um, be bold and very courageous. Um, And I I believe that is something for you this morning um, and into this next season. And so maybe if um, Cecil, if you guys, and Tanya, and Richard, and Paul, if you guys can just lay hands on her there. Yes, Lord, we thank you for Natalie. We thank you for what you are doing in her. We thank you for how, God, you have been working in her. And I, I thank you, Lord, that you see her very differently to possibly how she sees herself, God. And in this time, Lord, you are wanting to do uh, a work in her that's going to grow her and that's going to produce a lot of fruit, not just in her, but in those around her, God. And we say, come and have your way, Lord. Let it be. In Jesus' name. Amen. Cool, so it's lucky to be back. It felt like just not being here last Sunday and hearing how God is moving. It was very like, oh man, we wanted to be here. Um, it's quite a number of our elders. I think that it's still kind of we somewhere along the line with the elders camp. Um, there was like a stomach bug that um, touched a couple of people. And so for, for the moment, at, the, at this moment, we're not praying for any release, okay? Because that will be dangerous. Um, we're praying, Lord, mark us, <laughs> strengthen us, gird our loins. Um, anyway, cool. Let's get into this morning. So, over the last few months, we've been coming through the start year, um, a course of Joshin, and then we went into uh, this is church, and it's really been amazing to see what God is doing um, and what God has done through it. And I believe we are our roots have been deepened, and our hearts have been opened. And I believe there's a lot of revelation and things that we still, in a sense, that's happened in our heart, but our heads still need to catch up to what God has been doing. But there's been a, a central theme that I believe that God has been pulling through and it's still being pulled through into even the things that Andrew was saying last night and Andrew was sharing with us as elders. And it's this thing, it's the ABCs. And I know that we know the ABC of Jesus, you and me, very well. Amen? It's the A for abide, B for belong, and C for contribution. It's as we abide in God and come to know Him and find our lives in Him, we find ourselves belonging to His body. And in belonging to His body, we recognize, man, it's not just me. God has got this house of many rooms. There's many other believers that all belong to His body. And He's he's got this beautiful body. And as we see that, there's something of a... um, 
a, a, a jump and a jolt in our hearts of where we go, Lord, I want to contribute. I want to give to that. Because that's the nature of God. That as we belong to His body, it's something of His DNA starts changing our way of thinking and our way of feeling because it's His DNA that's now running through our veins. And His DNA is a DNA of giving. It's a DNA of giving. It's a DNA of being generous. And as we become part of his body, we find this place that, man, I want to give to his body, whether it's time, whether it's my gifting, whether it's my finances, whether it's just me. I want to give me to the body, and I, I can see that there's place for me in the house of God. And so we've got these ABCs, and the ABC is usually the thing that you kind of start off with. It's the, it's the beginning of the beginning. And I believe for us, like it's still something that God is busy doing. God is calling us in a place of stick to the basics. Stick to the things that, that I'm doing. Don't, don't worry about complicating things. But stick to the, the primary things. And um, when you look at that, it's Matthew 22. Matthew 22, Jesus gets asked, he says, like uh, some of the Pharisees or the lawmakers come to him, and they kind of want to try and catch him out. And like, Jesus, like, what is the most important commandment? And Jesus comes and he replies, and he says, to love the Lord God with all your heart, all your mind, and all your strength. And then another like it, to love your neighbor like you love yourself. It's finding that place of where we abide in God. We love Him with all of our strength, all of our mind, all, of the, all that we have. And then as we do that, we come to that place where we love our neighbor, where we belong to His family, to His body, and we contribute. We love our neighbor like we love ourselves. Now, I know for most of us sitting here, we really love ourselves. When you look in the mirror, you go like, you are amazing. <laughs> hey, is that you? Just me? Okay. Awkward. Hey? No, it's like God calls us to love Him with everything that we have. And then in the same way, and it's a nice way of saying to love your neighbor like yourself, but it's actually saying love your neighbor with everything. Because God loved us with everything. He sent Jesus which gave us redemption, which gave us forgiveness of sins, which called us into his mercies and extended grace to us and given us his forgiveness. He's loved us with his one and only son. He gave us everything. And as we belong in him and we find our place in him, we find that same DNA working in us where we want to start contributing we start loving our neighbors like we love ourselves. And that's beautiful. Abide, belong, contribute. And the thing is that until the day that Jesus comes back, this is not going to change. And you might go, but Drian, I know. I know that there must be more. But I want to say to us this morning, the more is not found in the more difficult. It's actually, I think it was um, Leonardo da Vinci that said, Simplicity is the purest form of complexity. And so as we stick to the simple things, I believe we become deeper in understanding the more complex things. 
And so it's the same with the ABCs, that as we abide, we find belonging, and through belonging, we find contribution. But once we've given ourselves and we've contributed, the thing that it stirs within us is to do what? Is to go back and say, Lord, man, I I see that word that I've given. Martin has brought that word. Like, he's not walking away from bringing a word of knowledge and people responding. He's not walking away from it, uh you know what, this, this doesn't work. I'm not going to do this again. No, there's faith that's built up in his heart. There's even faith built up in people's hearts to go like, man, God speaks like that. And when that faith is built up, it actually causes us to run back into God and say, God, man, we love you. Man, we get to be part of you. Man, you are truly alive. It's like I knew it, but now I know it even more that God, you're actually real. <laughs> I'm getting excited here. But so as we contribute, he comes back and we abide more in him. And as we find more of his heart and we find more of who he is, we realize, man, look at this family around me. There's so much more. There's so much more people that not just I need to get to know and find parts of God in them, but actually these people here that I can see, there's space for so much more. And I look in the world outside and I go like, man, they so in need of what we have here. And we start contributing more. And so we have this circle that just abide, belong, contribute, abide, belong, contribute. It's the simplest things. But it's the deepest things. And the more we do it, the deeper it goes. And I believe that this is where we want to find ourselves. And for the next couple of weeks, I want to ask us as a people to kind of camp a little bit with the thinking of abide, belong, contribute in the book of Philippians. And so I want to ask us for this next while, like start going, picking up your Bible and start, you should be picking up your Bible constantly, but for, for the next couple of weeks, let's call it three, four weeks, we'll see, it, it, will, revol- it will evolve, okay? Um, but for the next couple of weeks, I want to ask you, maybe that Max Accardo or Soli Osravac or I don't know what all the other devotional things is, maybe just push them a little bit aside and just in your times with God, come to the book of Philippians and start reading it. You have to just read it through and read it through. And it's not a big book, okay? It's, you're going to be through it quite quickly. But allow God in this time and say, Lord, I want to start studying your word. And if you don't know how to do that, come and speak to us. We'll probably even actually make some resources available on just how to take a piece of scripture and study it. If you don't know, there's a lot of resources that are very good. And I want to ask us as a people just to camp around in this book a little bit. Because I believe that in the book of Philippians, we find something very similar of where we are today. We find a similar way of thinking and we find a similar encouragement that is for us. The global message is an invitation. It's an invitation to serve God with joy. It's an invitation to serve God with joy because of what He's done in the world that we find ourselves in where there's suffering and where there's a lot of different influences to serve God and lay our lives down with joy. And I believe that is the place that we're called for. It's the place that we're called for here today. Is that God calls us not to be these Christians to go, oh, 
another thing I need to not do, or another thing I need to forget about, or another. It's so difficult. Like going to the movies, you go like, what can I watch? And then you end up watching an animation because, and it's so easy for us to get miffed about those things because we feel like we are owed entertainment. But actually, I believe God is calling us to a place of where there's a joy inside of us because of what he has done on the cross, because he has made us his own. He's given us a new place, a new birth, a a new identity. We get to serve him in this world because we're not of this world. Amen? And I believe going through the book of Philippians, we're going to be in this next couple of weeks, in some senses, working through that. But I believe it's a good book for us to start studying. Amen. So, this morning, um, I'm going to be kicking off a series, a kind of a series. So, we'll see. We're open for God to do anything. We're not going to be stuck. Okay? But a kind of series that's going to be over the next couple of weeks, handling with some things. And today, um, in a sense, the, 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 the title of my preach is, Where Do We Come From? And so it's more of a statement and more of a presenting to you that actually today, I want to say to you, this is where we come from. And I want to show us through scripture this morning of where that is. And I'm going to start off by reading to us out of Philippians 3, verse 17. And it says this, Dear brothers and sisters, pattern your lives after mine. And Paul is speaking and he's saying to the Philippian church, look at me imitate my way of life, pattern your lives after mine, and learn from those who follow our example. For I've told you often before, and I say it again with tears in my eyes, that there are many of whose conduct shows that they really are enemies of the cross of Christ. They are headed for destruction. Their God is their appetite They brag about shameful things, and they think only about this life here on earth. But, love buts, big buts, but we are citizens of heaven where the Lord Jesus Christ lives. And we are eagerly waiting for him to return as our Savior. He will take our weak mortal bodies and change them into glorious bodies like his own, using the same power with which he will bring everything under his control. Beautiful. Let's pray. Yes, Lord. So we thank you, God, this morning that we get to be together. We thank you that we are together as those who are redeemed and called your own. We're given a new name and we've been made new creations. And so we thank you this morning for your word, God. We thank you for your word that is living and active, sharper than any other two-edged sword, God. It's dividing between flesh and bone, between that which is truth and that which is not, exposing flesh and revealing your spirit. And this morning we pray that through your word that you will come and build us up. Direct us in your will that is perfect and your purposes which is life-giving and your way which is perfect. Come and work in us, God. In Jesus' name. Amen. So, I want to this morning, want to quickly show you a picture. Don't run away, please. Um, 
Kids, close your eyes. It's the first picture there. Sorry, Hannah. Here we go. Rof. All rated. That's my passport from long ago, my old one. I must say that. It's my old one. I was young. I think I was, what, that was 2005. So I was like 21 years old, 20 years old um, back then. Um, I actually had people thinking I'm John Lennon at a time. Um, yeah. I would just, I would just give them signatures and just go, anyway, I'm joking. <laughs> no, that's my passport. And I, just in case someone wants to steal my identity, <laughs> like, just scratch out some details. But that's my passport. And a passport is there for a reason. A passport has got a certain meaning. Okay, we can take it down before we lose the whole church here. Um, this is a passport. This is a meaning of a passport, okay? An official meaning of what a passport is. It's an official document issued by government certifying the holder's identity and citizenship and entitling them to travel under its protection to and from foreign countries. Okay, it's amazing. There's so much in that. I thought like, man, this is such a brilliant description. I'm going to read it again. It's an official document issued by government certifying the holder's identity and citizenship. Okay, this is not my words. This is, go Google it. Okay. And entitling them to travel under its protection to and from foreign countries. And I believe for us here this morning that God, the day when we got saved, actually gave us a new passport. Scripture speaks that we've been made a new creation. The old is gone, the new has come. And if we take that thinking of it's a Official document, we don't have Christian passports in a sense, but there's a spiritual one here in our hearts. It's an official, it's, it's saying that you belong to the kingdom of God. And as you travel and move, you travel and move under the authority of whoever is ruling our God, who is ruling to and from foreign countries. And today, I want to say to us, like we read, we are actually foreigners in a world. We're aliens to this world. Not to God, but to this world. And this morning, I want to look at that. As where do we come from? An interesting fact is depending on your citizenship, you either need more or less visas. South Africa, you need a lot of visas. <laughs> but if you're British, you almost need no visas. It's amazing. And a visa says to you that you're allowed to enter here. But I want to say this, that in the kingdom of God, there's no place that we are not called to. There's no country. There's no, no building. No, there's no, no people that we don't have a visa for. Because we are foreigners in this world. 
And God has given us the power and the grace and the right to be in this world, not of this world, but to influence this world. And I'm hoping that today that we are going to look at that. Amen. Now, let's look at the two worlds. Because the thing is that there's two kingdoms. So no matter how you how you classify different religions and different set of beliefs, at the end of the day, there's a kingdom of darkness and there's the kingdom of God or the kingdom of light. And it's not a light versus darkness thing. So let's not get confused in that sense. But there's the kingdom of darkness and the kingdom of God. And the kingdom of God has been since the beginning and it will be there at the end. And until Jesus comes back one day, we, these two kingdoms will always be in loggerheads with one another, regardless of what they look like, regardless of religion, regardless. And the thing that divides the two is Jesus. Jesus divides the two. And those who belong to him and acknowledge him as their personal Lord and Savior and live in obedience with him, they carry the mark of his name. And in that place, we become part of the kingdom of God. It's Jesus and Jesus alone. There is no thing of we're all serving the same God, just have a different name for him. No, he alone is Yahweh. He alone is the one who is, who was, and who will come, and will for always, forever be. Everything else forms part of the kingdom of darkness, no matter what it looks like. No matter what it looks like, without Jesus, it is the kingdom of darkness. And these two kingdoms are fighting until that day that Jesus comes back. But for us... We get to be those that are part of the kingdom of God, not the kingdom of darkness. And today I want to look at that because I believe that for some of us, just like that scripture here in Philippians speaks, is that for some of us, we, even though we say that we're part of the kingdom of God, we live like we are actually enemies of the cross. And the cross is the thing that divides these two kingdoms. And so for us, it's absolutely imperative that we make sure that we know who Jesus is. And that we love him and live for him and live in the way that he's called us to. Not holding on to the things of this world. So what I want to look at quickly is Revelations 21 speaks to us. And it says to us in this portion of scripture, like who will enter the kingdom of God? And so if we look at our passport and it gives us entry or stops us from getting entry, it is important to understand who will come into the kingdom of God one day. And it says this, verse 20, Revelation 21, verse 27. Nothing evil will be allowed to enter, nor anyone who practices shameful idolatry and dishonesty, but only those whose names are written in the Lamb's book of life. Two kingdoms. And the one kingdom has one way of getting into it, and that's the kingdom of God. It's through Jesus. And this morning, my encouragement to us is here, is 
we need to find our names in the Lamb's book of life. God has made the way for me and you to step into this. But just to write our names down is one thing. To live according to what he has given us is something different. And we want to we wanna look at that. So the kingdom of darkness looks this way. This is what it does. It says, the God of this age has blinded the minds of unbelievers. We're reading out of 2 Corinthians 4, sorry, verse 4 to 6. The God of this age has blinded the minds of unbelievers so that they cannot see the light of the gospel that displays the glory of Christ, who is the image of God. For that we preach, for, for what we preach is not of ourselves, but Jesus Christ as Lord, and ourselves as your servants for Jesus' sake. For God, who said, let light shine out of darkness, made his light shine in our hearts to give us the light of the knowledge of God's glory displayed in the face of Christ. And I want to read that part again. The God of this age has blinded the minds of the unbelievers. Can you remember that day when you got saved? It felt like in that moment as if everything just went. (gasps) It's like everything opened up. It's like previously you feel like, how did I, how did I not see this? How did I, I'm like so thinking of Melissa um, and her story. I can remember when she got saved, she's like, man, all of these things, I've been trying to find God, but nothing of these things actually, even though I thought I had something, the moment I met with God, everything just we recognize that everything that I've been searching God for, all the spirituality, it actually means nothing. Amen? I, am I saying that right? I, like I, there's an opening up. There's light that comes into the darkness and it just breaks open and goes like, this is who God is. But the kingdom of darkness is there to blind us. It's there to keep us. It's there to, in a sense, uh, 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 Captive, make us captive to not seeing. There's a a film that's currently in. I think that it's it's showing, and it's called Migration, and it's this animation about these ducks that live in this kind of pond or wildness, and they wanna. They want to go, uh, like they are sick of this pond. And the dad is so fearful of the world. And, but his daughter is going, we're going to migrate. And eventually they decide they're going to migrate. And as they try and attempt this migration, they come here in a, this one place where they land. And they kind of wanted to take a rest. And as they land, there's all these other ducks, these beautiful white ducks that look so like the picture that they want to give you is that these ducks are like some kind of spiritual, okay? And they are, these ducks are just, they're in this amazing utopia and they get to play. And so they come into this barnyard and it's these ducks and these ducks tell them, no, 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 we're going to go out into the yard and you'll see, it's amazing. And it's just like, they're almost like blinded um, to how amazing it is. And they go like, and they come out and it's just, 
it's this utopia for ducks where they get to, I don't know, eat, I don't know if they eat cheese or all the corn or like everything that you want to do to, and it's like slides and it's like cushy beds and these ducks are just going like, we're never going to leave this place. Little does the ducks know that this is an organic duck farm. So they're doing this free-range ducks that are treated like kings, and they are fed the best food. But ultimately, when the truck stops, where these ducks think that they are going into the light, there's a truck waiting for them and a chef with a knife. (laughs) And I was watching this, and it really grabbed my heart. Especially when I'm reading in the scriptures in Philippians, I realize like, that's actually the way of the world. It leads us into this place of where we are never minded about the truth of God. And I want to say this. I don't have a physical Bible, but I use this. The word of God is not just true. It is the truth. Everything is measured against the word of God, then it's found to be true. But the measure for true and not true is the truth. And that's the word of God. That doesn't change. And I believe for us as Christians that we're actually finding ourselves in a place of where the world is coming at us at so many different levels and then births these things in us. So these ducks that were landing in this place, they were actually going like, wow, look at this utopia. I mean, it's just amazing. All the food, all the joy, all the the fun we could have here. And it's like the world does the same thing with us. It kind of wants to reel us in and go like, man, you need to have that car. And man, you you need to live like this. And and man, you need so much money in your bank. And and man, you, you, you... it entices us in, and we think like, man, these things are the things that's going to give us this place of utopia. But actually, at the end of it, there's a knife that falls, and it chops off every head. And I believe when we stick to the truth of God, it's like the truth of God comes, and it takes that blindness away, and it opens up to us the reality that this world is a world that is falling away. It's going to fall away. It's going to burn away at the end of the day when Jesus comes back. But for those in Christ, they find life and life forevermore, eternal life. And so where we live right now, we don't live for the moment and for the now, for the year. No, we live for the there and the then. And that's the whole encouragement through the book of Philippians is to take joy to lay your life down, to sacrifice just like Jesus did for the there and the then and not, was not considering necessarily the year and now or faced by the year and now. Amen. So this kingdom of darkness, it looks a certain way. This organic form, it's trying to tell you. It's 1 John 2 verse 16 says this. For everything in the world, the lust of the flesh, the lust of the eyes, and the pride of life comes not from the Father, 
but from the world. The world and its desires will pass away. But whoever does the will of God lives forever. And so all religions and all beliefs and all things that is not rooted in Jesus and Jesus alone will have any one of those three characteristics. Guaranteed. And we've got to look at ourselves and look at the way that we live and go like, Lord, are those things inside of me? Because if I want to be with you, I need to realize that those things, I need to take them away. I need to put them away. I need to cut off. I need to run away from everything that represents those things. Lust of the eyes, lust of the flesh, and the pride of life. Because they do not represent the Father. They represent a different world. And everything that's going to tell me that these things are okay is actually coming against the truth. Amen. I want to reiterate that scripture in Philippians 3 where Paul says, For I've told you often before and say it again with tears in my eyes that there are many whose conduct shows that they really are enemies of the cross. They are headed for destruction. Just like those ducks. They are headed for destruction. It seems amazing. It seems like it's fun. It seems like this is the life-giving thing for the moment. But it's actually destruction. Their God is their appetite. You see how the lust of the eyes, lust of the flesh, it comes out. They brag about shameful things. Pride of life. And they think only about this life here on earth. See, we are a people of the Bible. The absolute truth of God. And that means that the way that we live is not about here and now. It's not about my temporary situational comfort that I find in this place and in this moment. Everything I do is meant to be something of me going like, Lord, what do you want to do? Where are you calling me? Andrew said it last night. He spoke to the young people and said, hey, young people, realize that you're meant to play a part in the kingdom and in our congregations and in the church. Realize this. Don't just look for where things are fun. No, be here. Give yourself. And he said, he said, there's many who have gone before you and they've sacrificed friendships and money and family time so that they can be this dwelling place of God, this heritage of God working in us. And we need you to continue this work. That is the call of the kingdom. Because if we hold on to the here and the now, all that we will do is to try to make the here and now comfortable. We want to make the year and now fun. We want to make the year and now that place of where it's, man, I want, to be, I want to be in that utopia now. But it will pass away. The world and its desires will pass away. But whoever is in the kingdom of God finds life and life eternal. 2 Corinthians 5 verse 17 says this, Therefore, if anyone is in Christ... The new crea- he is a new creation. The new creation has come. The old is gone. The new is here. And that means that that passport of mine that was previously valid is now invalid. 
He carries no more power in that. But I need to know when I come to the, whatever you call it, uh, what's it? Um, customs. Thanks, Dave. When I come to customs, I'm showing my passport of heaven. But it's like some of us are coming to customs and we're going like, you know you're South African. You've been born in Bloemfontein. And all of a sudden you come and you go, hi, I'm Australian. <laughs> I don't know. I don't have an Australian mate. Hi, mate. What's on a Barbie? And I try and be Australian. But the reality is I can't. I can't pass for Australian. I don't have an Australian passport. I've got a South African passport. They're probably going to lock me up. <laughs> it's crazy, demented. No, it's like we've got a new, we've got a new passport. And we've, that passport, it's got so much power. And God is calling me and he's call, calling you to say, stop thinking about this world. Stop chasing after this world. I was having a conversation with someone last night. Um, you know who you are. Um, but, and he said something. He said, like, I traveled to this place and I felt like, man, it's not really home. And then I came here where I live and I felt like it's not really home. And he said, like, it's not like, it's not like I don't enjoy to be here. But as he was speaking, I was just going like, knowing what I'm preaching today, I'm going like, do you not understand how profound actually that is and how excited I am that you feel like that? Because if we look at Edgemead and we go, Edgemead, this is my home and I'm going to die here. I want to say to us, we're in the wrong kingdom. You might be following Jesus, but you're following the ways of the world. God has not called me and he's not called you to sit here and stay here for the rest of your life. No, he's called us to be moving in his kingdom. It might mean that for, I mean, Marnie and them, how long have you been in Zambia? 16 years. It might mean that for 16 years you need to be in a place where everything that you face is just difficult. But the difficulty that you face is not because you want to make the here and now comfortable. But it's because you see the there and then. The glory of Jesus being exalted and lifted up high for the day when he comes back. You know that you've served him with joy. You've served him with gladness. And you'll enter into a kingdom that is unlike anything that you've ever seen. And being willing to say, I'm willing to serve here for 15, 16 years and lay my life down, that isn't settling. It's not calling a place home. It's being a people of the kingdom of God that is sent into the world to influence the world towards the kingdom of God. That's what it is. And that's what me and you are called for. Anything less than that. Anything less than that, I want to say to you, you're probably wasting your time. Because you'll be disappointed on that day. Because whatever you would have built is just going to burn away. We have been made completely new. We've been given a completely new nationality. We are now part of the kingdom of God. And I want to say this to us. We are here on this earth... Not because God doesn't have space for us in heaven. Okay. 
It's, it, it's not, that's not the reason why we are here. We are here because God has called us. He can at any moment in time snap his fingers and we are with him in his glory in heaven. What we can't do in heaven is we can't live out his kingdom because we're, in, we're there. We can't preach the good news. We can't see those who are lost coming to, into, into salvation. We can't see those who are sick and, and depressed and stuck in addiction. We can't see those people come into freedom in heaven. And that's why God has got me and you here. Because he's got me and you to be his kingdom, to be those ambassadors, to be those ones that carry his power into the world. And so, Christian, I want to say to you, believer, man, snap out of it. <laughs> snap out of the thinking of this world. I, I can't remember if it was in the movie, but it should be in there. I think it was. So the chef comes and he takes the ducks and is busy loading the ducks. And the one duck realizes, whoa, 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 whoa. You're, you're going to be a duck on a ranch. It's a duck with the orange on top of it. Okay? Because this duck was going, country duck was going like, I don't know what this duck on a ranch is. It's like, it's you with the orange on top of it. And he's going like, without all running into thinking this is life, this duck realizes you are going to be duck on a ranch. And he's like shouting and slapping people. And I, I wanted this morning, I want to run and I want to slap you. And I'm going like, hey, wake up. Wake up. We're not meant to think like this world. We're meant to have a different way of living, a different way of thinking. That's what scripture tells us. That's what the truth of God tells us. Ephesians 2, 17. To 20, it says this, he brought this good news of peace to you, Gentiles, who were far away from him, and the peace of the Jews who were near. So it's Gentiles who were far away, Jews who were near, it's everyone he's brought into this place. He's given them the good news of peace. Now all of us can come to the Father through the same Holy Spirit because of what Christ has done for us. So now you Gentiles are no longer strangers and foreigners. You are citizens along with all God's holy people. You are members of God's family. Together we are his house built on the foundation of the apostles and the prophets. And the cornerstone is Christ Jesus himself. That's who we are. That's how we meant to live. It's the place we meant to live from. So hopefully from next week, we're going to next week look at this. And I'm, so I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to kind of like end of year and with the scripture. In Romans 12, it says this. And so, dear brothers, so we look today at where are we coming from. Now we're going to look at where are we going. How are we, how are we meant to live. And so, dear brothers and sisters, I plead with you to give your bodies to God because of all he has done for you. Let them be a living and a holy sacrifice, the kind he will find acceptable. Truly, this is truly the way to worship him. Being part of Jesus, this is the way we're meant to live, as bodies that are living sacrifices. Don't copy the behavior and the customs of this world, but let 
God transform you into a new person by changing the way you think. Then you will learn to know God's will for you, which is good, pleasing, and perfect. We need to change the way we think. Change the way we live. We can't do it on our own. We need Him through His Holy Spirit to come and work in us. But we need to posture ourselves and say, Lord, help me. Can we close our eyes? Worship team.